Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, friends and neighbors, welcome once again to Monster Movie Funtime Go. I am your host, Precious D. And I am your other host, Honey Bee. Honey Bee, we have a little kaiju news. Yay, kaiju news. Uh, Shin Ultraman finally has a U.S. release date. Have we even mentioned Shin Ultraman at all? I don't think so. Okay, so Shin just means new. Back in 2016, a movie called Shin Godzilla came out, a Japanese Toho production that was released in U.S. theaters. This is Shin Ultraman. It's some of the same people involved in making it. The director is Shinji Higuchi. Hideki Anno is the writer and producer. The two of them co-directed Shin Godzilla. Hideki wrote Shin Godzilla. And they have an uh, upcoming project. Hideki Anno has the upcoming project Shin Kamen Rider, which is another TV um, sci-fi ongoing series like Ultraman it's a thing that's been ongoing for years on Japanese television and uh, has some a limited release over here so there there's a theatrical release movie of that in the works so we've been wondering for a while when Shin Ultraman was going to get a theatrical release because it just came out this year they have announced a theatrical release for it it's going to be a fathom event two nights only Wednesday, January 11th, you can watch it with subtitles, or Thursday, January 12th, you can watch it dubbed. Tickets go on sale December 9th at FathomEvents.com. So I don't know yet if it's going to be coming to my local theater. It'll probably be coming to your local theater, honeybee, because you live in a Mm -hmm. slightly larger city than I do. Mm -hmm. So we're going to try to see it if we can. If we can't... Might have to wait till it's on, up on a streaming service or something, or until we can. Ooh, maybe... I hope we get to see it in theaters. So, uh, yeah, keep your eyes out for that, folks. See if it's coming to a Fathom Event theater near you. Kaiju news. What is the little like beeping for the news? Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, I've been meaning to get a sound effect for that. A little do it. Little yeah. Incoming, I think it originally was like an incoming telegraph is the idea behind that noise. Uh, Yeah, I've been meaning to do that. Um, See if I can find, I just didn't find the right sound effect, but I'll look a little harder. Uh, In other sort of kaiju news, honeybee, I finally got my hard copy of Mecha and Monsters Evolved. Long time listeners might remember... We did an interview. This is a role-playing game that involves kaiju and uh, big old mechas. We did an interview with the author of this game back in October, Alan Barr from Gallant Knight Games, in October of last year, October 9th. And... Uh, the kick I, this was a Kickstarter that I backed and I interviewed him about it. So the Kickstarter was just was still going on when we did that interview and it usually takes a little while to go from Kickstarter to final product. Yay! And so you got it? Yes, I got it. I've had the PDF version for a while, but it, it took a little longer for the print version. Everything is you know, because of the pandemic and people get things printed in China a lot everything is delayed and backed up and supply chains and all that stuff right now. So it took a lot longer for the print version to come out than the electronic version. So cool. that's I'm it for so our glad Kaiju you got news. it. Yeah. yeah. I hope I get the chance to play it soon. Go listen to Alan Barr's interview. If you're interested in this game, go to gallantnightgames.com. 
and uh, take a look at it, maybe pick up a copy. Now, on to today's movie, Space Omeba, which is not at all in any way an Omeba. (laughs) Space Glitter Spirit Thing. The original title, though, in Japanese is Genzora Gainami Kemba Kaisen Naikai no Kaiju, or Gazora Ganymedes and Kamebus Decisive Battle, Giant Monsters of the South Sea. Damn. Which is a much longer title, but a far more accurate (laughs) title. True. Very true. It's from 1970, in color, directed by Ashiro Honda. Is this our last Ishiro Honda film? Did do I, did you say um, that to me last time? Almost, almost, almost. Okay. It is, it is the last one he directed while under contract. The Japanese studios used to work on a studio system similar to the Hollywood studio system, where you would sign a contract with it. rather than a contract for a particular movie, you'd sign a contract with a studio. Mm-hmm. And you would just do whatever the studio told you to do. Well, that's cool. And I know in Hollywood, sometimes studios would loan actors to other studios in exchange for a loan back. Oh. I don't know. I don't know if they did that in Japan or not. But they were starting to move away from that system. So this is the last movie he did under contract. But he does come back to do another one. I believe it's Mechagodzilla or Terror of Mechagodzilla. I'm so excited to get to Mechagodzilla. It is Terror of Mechagodzilla, which is the second Mechagodzilla movie. Oh, okay. And then that is... is, It's not his last movie ever, but it's his last... He does Rebirth of Mothra as an actor. (laughs) What? I think it's just a cameo in Rebirth of Mothra in 1996. Uh, his last director. I'm so thing. excited. Yeah, it kind of looks. I mean, I'm just looking at the Wikipedia. I'm not looking at his full filmography, but it looks like Terra Mechagodzilla is his last thing that he directed. So there you go. There you go. Let's see. Is there a budget here? It's 84 minutes. There's no. It's of course Toho's the production company. There's no budget listed. There's no box office listed. It stars Akira Kubo as Taro Kudo, Atsuko Takahashi as Ayako Hoshino, Yukiko Kobayashi as Saki, Kenji Sahara Kenji. as Makoto Obata. Yay, <laughs> We're always happy <laughs> to see Kenji. Yoshiro Tsuchiya as Dr. Kayoshi Maya. Yuki Fuji as the promotion <laughs> division manager. Noritaki Sato as Riko. Yuko Sugahara as Stewardess. Sachio Sakai as magazine editor. Chotaro Togen as engineer Yokoyama. Wataro Ome as Sakura. Haru Nakajima as Gizora and Ganymus. That's two of the monsters. Haroyoshi Nakamura as Kamoebus. Ichiro Murakoshi as Space Amoeba. I guess that means the voice of Space Amoeba. Mm. Tetsu Nakamura as Supplicator Ombo. I don't remember who that is. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, this movie... Honeybee, what are your initial thoughts on this one? Well... There isn't a Ponchito in this one, which I was like, there is not. whoa, we don't have a kid character in this movie, which honestly, I mean, I didn't feel like anything was missing. I just thought that was strange because usually we do. <laughs> I can't really remember <laughs> the last time we didn't have like a Ponchito. Right. So, right. but uh I've gotten to the point in these movies where I just like 
love them so much. I feel like in the beginning when we were watching these movies, I'd be like, oh my God, this is so awful. But at this point, I'm just like, yay! Every time <laughs> I like see a monster or see something that like, you know, we look out for or those, those little things where it's like, all right, if you've seen it once, you've seen it again, you know, because so <laughs> many things just kind of happen the same. So there yeah. was a lot of that in this film, but, but no Panchito. So, no Panchito. uh, yeah, we did get a lot of other things, though, that are kind of repeat yeah. things that we've seen, like with the islands and the, you know, the right. natives and now, the... Yeah, yes. Um, there is... Yeah, so I, we haven't been doing uh, racism factors and sexism factors for a while. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this one is going to get a racism of one for the the brown face. Mm-hmm. It's definitely, like, not as drastic as we have seen. This is kind of like a Ariana Grande brown face, if you will. Like, it's very... <laughs> yeah, the makeup's not not as heavy. Yeah, um, we've definitely seen some, like... Not that that makes it any better. I just, like, noticed that it was like... I was like, oh, okay. This has been worse in the past. That, little, not that less, that makes it better, less tacky, but... A little less tacky. Yeah. Insulting. Yeah. The, uh, so even though this is from Toho and directed by Shiro Honda and kind of has three kaiju in it, this mm-hmm. is not part of the Godzilla universe, really. It does not appear to be connected in any way. They don't yeah. make any mention of any of those monsters, and I don't think any of these ever show up again because they're really all the same monster. Mm-hmm. Which, we will uh, get to as we get into the plot. <laughs> oh my goodness! So here we go with the what are your, summary. What are your initial thoughts? Oh, uh, you, I think I this like is you, pretty. Do you not like it? Just a big old pile of nonsense. This is it's just not good. <laughs> I did not care for it. Aw, boo! Oh, folks, I should. T- so I saw that. I first saw this movie a year or two ago when we were first thinking of doing this whole thing. And at that time, <laughs> it was on Amazon Prime. Now it's not. Yeah. Bummer. It doesn't seem to be streaming anywhere officially. Mm, wink, wink. So wink, if you wink, don't wink. feel like buying a hard copy, it is possible that some organization on the internet may have archived it. But I'm not saying <laughs> where that might be. Find it, you little monsters. But I would not... Uh, you know, I'm not trying to encourage bootlegging here, but I would not pay money to see this movie, folks. Just, just say it. <laughs> do not order a high-priced Blu-ray off of Amazon. <laughs> this is or one of those cheap... we watched it, so you don't have two movies yeah, for you. Even, even a cheap, <laughs> I wouldn't even order a cheap DVD of it. Just, just skip it. <laughs> oh man, I really did not um, dislike it as much as you did. Oh, a... <laughs> yeah. Uh... I mean, it's it's not uh, well. Let's let's dive in, shall we? Yes, yes. Okay, <laughs> this is a summary from Wikipedia. Thank you, Wikipedia. Thank you, Wikipedia. The Helios Seven space probe is sent on a mission to study the planet Jupiter. Is that what it was doing? I thought it was just out yeah. there. Well, no, I don't. A... I didn't remember. You... While on it, <laughs> you really just did not just, give a it's shit just about such, this. I mean, you know, a lot of this stuff is nonsense, but this one just seemed like more nonsense than. I love that we open here with like the space probe shit and it's just like the opening scene. It is like yeah. toy space. Just, just I was like, right. yay! <laughs> toy space! Right to it. Right. <laughs> right to it. Get well, right into it. While on its outward journey to the gas giant, the probe is overtaken by the space amoeba. It is not an amoeba. It is a glitter cloud. It is I guess. sparkly galaxy <laughs> glitter cloud. Yes, it is not in any way shaped like an amoeba, nor does it function like an amoeba. It I like look at all the like glitter cloud. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. It's just, I mean, it's not their fault. That's not what, that's the American title. Some American douchebag slapped that title on it. So it's, it's not, it's not a Shiro Honda's fault. It's not Toho's fault. Uh, gosh, who, who released it in? Oh, it's also, I'm sorry, it is also in America released theatrically in the United States as Yogg Monster from Space. 
That's mm-hmm. a little bit more accurate, except that nobody calls it Yog. I mean, I, if it's if that's a dub, we watch the subtitled version. I guess in mm-hmm. the dubbed version, they might call it Yog. This, I, I actually, a- I watched the dubbed version because I found it archived somewhere on the internet. Okay. So my version was dubbed, not subtitled. Did they call it Yog? Negative. <laughs> okay. I, well, maybe mine was dubbed too. I don't. I don't remember now. I've seen it a couple of times, and I, you know, it all blurs together. <laughs> I think. I think. Oh no! I think what I watch. So, the it's distribute. It was distributed American by. Uh, it, How it distributed it in the. <laughs> oh man, folks! I'm a little loopy. <laughs> I had two vaccinations the other day, on, on in one day. <laughs> it's kind of taking it out of me a little bit. Getting to your brain. It was distributed in the U.S. by American International Pictures, who we have some previous experience with, Mm -hmm. under the title Yogg, Monster from Space. The version we watched was dubbed, but appeared to be a dub of the Japanese version, because there's no Mm -hmm. AIP titles. It's the Japanese titles in Japanese. Uh, but it was dubbed into English. So mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on there, but, you know, <laughs> that's fine. I'd rather watch that than API tends to fuck things up. AIP. AIP. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. Uh, <laughs> anyway, if you're looking around for it, you might also look for Yog Monster from Space. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yog. Judas Priest. Yeah. So uh, anyway, the probe is taken over by the glitter cloud, an amorphous parasitic extraterrestrial. The Mm. probe returns to Earth and crashes into the South Pacific, where the amoeba leaves the device and inhabits the body of a cuttlefish, causing it to mutate into what is called Gezora. The tentacled kaiju begins attacking ships and islands in the area. This... Tentacle kaiju is so funny. It's like he's wearing a helmet. Like his hat is like, it feels like his head's like not connected to like his torso, like the rest of his body, the way he moves. I just loved Uh it so much. I do think these tentacles look way better than, was it Virus who had lot tentacles the last that we saw? Um, uh, yes, yes. Yeah, because th- those tentacles kind of look like uncircumcised penises, but these tentacles actually <laughs> look like tentacles. They looked way better. So, so I was like, sweet. <laughs> they kept calling it an octopus, but it is not an octopus. It is a cuttlefish, which is a squid-like thing that mm-hmm. it's just not shaped like an octopus. It has tentacles, but it's it's a different shape. Yeah, yeah. uh, It's got, you know, more of that pointy body head kind of situation, like a a squid. Yeah, more squid-like than octopus. Yeah. So uh, they're kind of jumping ahead a bit, though. Uh, There's this whole... Oh, my God. (laughs) There's this photographer, Kudo, Mm -hmm. who... Is a, is trying to sell pictures to the newspaper. He's on an airplane and he sees the he very quick. There's this is some Charles Dickens level coincidence shit going on here. Yeah, seriously. He, he's on an airplane and just happens to see the probe crash. So the, the probe is lost. Nobody knows where it is, but he sees it. But he doesn't get his camera out in time. He can't take a picture of it. But he tries to tell the newspaper. And they're not interested in buying his story or his pictures or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, he gets pissed off. Some lady <laughs> approaches him. Was she also at the newspaper? Yeah. Yeah, yeah she was hanging so. out there and she was like, um, oh, yeah, the sexism factor. <laughs> I brought up earlier. Yeah. I feel like the sexism factor in this movie is kind of high. This woman it, is agree. not the intrepid reporter we've seen in some other Japanese movies. Yeah. Everyone Um, just kind of laughs at this woman. (laughs) No one really takes her seriously. Yeah. She's kind of, she's kind of a clown. Uh, She does a lot of Ika mouse kind of shit. She's not, she's not great. It's not her fault. 
but she she's like to the editor hey you said you were going to introduce me to him and she chases after him she wants him to take a photo a photography job and he agrees to meet with the people reluctantly and what they want to do they oh god this is so terrible <laughs> they there's this company that wants to build a resort on this island so first Selgo, Selgio, Selgio Island. They do this presentation to him. They said, this island, it's this little island where there's these natives. And she describes them as having like a sort of a perfect life. They're not struggling to survive. They live off the land. They're very healthy. She makes it sound like these natives are doing really well. Mm-hmm. And we want to build a resort on that island. <laughs> I'm like, wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) Like we, and I'm like, wait, that's going to totally disrupt their idyllic perfect life that you just described. That is going to fuck up their island. If you go there and build a resort (laughs) that you're, you are the bad guys here. And I thought that's what we were going to get because we've, in some of these movies. Yeah. We've gotten gotten past the bad, the, the bad capitalist. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they're the they're not full blown socialist movies, but they're presenting the exploit. You know, some capitalism's good, but if it gets too exploitive, it's bad. Mm-hmm. And I thought that's what we were going to get it is the evil industrialist who's going to fuck up this island. <laughs> and he doesn't want to go. He's like, I don't do those. So they want him to take pictures of the island to show to investors. Uh, just, you know, some nice nature shots and stuff and probably some pictures of the natives and whatever to to yeah. make a brochure, to show to investors, whatever. And he's like, that's not what I do. I'm a photojournalist. That's not I don't I wouldn't do it for a million dollars. Then the scientist comes in. Uh, what was his Dr. Name? Mia, Dr. Mia or Dr. Yes. Maya, Dr. Mia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Doctor his, his and his dub character, like the the guy whose voice, like he just like had such a cool, like he was like yeah, uh, <laughs> like he just had so much like inflection in his voice. I was like, wow, okay, <laughs> sir. <laughs> <laughs> he comes in and he's like, uh, hey, kudo, and he's like, oh, Doctor Mia, they know each other, mm-hmm. and. So this he they end up convincing him to go along, I think, partly because the sci- he knows the scientist. The scientist wants to study monsters. He thinks there might be monsters on the island and he wants to go study them. Of course, like and, you do monsters on the island. This is one of the things I was talking about. I was like, we've seen this before. Like, we've yeah. kind of seen this movie. <laughs> right. And he is more interested in taking pictures of monsters than just taking pictures of trees and huts and stuff but the thing is this is part of what's so weird and bad about this movie there are no monsters on the island until right now right dr mia's theory is it's just more coincidence his theory is wrong there's no monsters on that island until just right now when the space amoeba shows up so why did dr mia think and this is not part of the larger Toho Godzilla verse or whatever they call it. So mm-hmm. why does he think monsters even exist and why does he think they're on this island? I don't know. He's just a big yeah. dum dumb, I guess. Or it's just like, well, we even though it's not a part of the like whole bigger scheme of things, it's like it seems that every island that we've ever heard of in these movies <laughs> with natives have a monster on it. So maybe right. it's just like one of those things, you know, there may, there might be other, yeah, they don't seem terribly surprised. So maybe it is in that universe and just nobody brings up Godzilla. Yeah. <laughs> because maybe they don't seem that surprised when monsters <laughs> do show up. <laughs> like, ha and, and he doesn't say, he doesn't say, what do you mean they're monsters on the island? Are you fucking insane? What are you talking about? <laughs> He's just like, oh, okay, maybe there are. <laughs> so I guess. I Good call. Good call. I don't know. I don't know. But this just made me start out hating all of these people because they're like, let's Aww. go exploit that island. <laughs> like, you yeah. Fuckers. 
Yeah, they Ugh. really... And then they even, like, the way that they talk about it, like, they're like, we're so lucky that after all of this that these natives are nice to us. And then they still, right. like, just they, don't they, yes, give a they shit. they mention that because they like, oh, he speaks Japanese? Yes, because we were here during the war. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, you mean you invaded this island during the war? Or you used it as a base or whatever? And yeah, yeah they do say something about, uh, yeah, we're lucky they, they're so helpful and nice. After the way we abused them and mistreated them during the war, yeah. which surely they did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I thought that was a little... Um, problematic yeah i could definitely i definitely see the problem <laughs> so uh yeah it's just we're so far into it at this point so far away from the war that to talk about it in any sort of positive way to me just seemed <laughs> or maybe it's because we're so far away that the memory is fading i don't know <laughs> it just struck me as really weird that we're bringing up the war at this point <laughs> Yeah. Oh, God. Anyway, uh, moving on. Uh, a, uh, no, they're just jumping to them landing on the island. On the boat, on the way to the island, they meet Kenji Sahara. They Kenji! Meet, uh, Obata. They meet Obata. Obata! Who is a guy that is... So it's Kenji Sahara in a, in a false beard. <laughs> which I felt was a really bad one. Honeybee, did you feel the same? I or mean, it, we've definitely seen some better, but it was all right. I thought he did just, so he just, good in this movie, though. No, he he did he did a good job. I'm just saying it was very apparent to me that this was not his own facial hair. That it was fake, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. I've, we've seen him in some better beards, but yeah, it wasn't it wasn't too distracting. Okay. Well, they do do some really good like close-ups of his face, where and he's uh -huh. like just like using his face, like doing all these like weird like facial expressions and like just <laughs> moving his face. And I didn't think about it then, so I guess it it couldn't have been too bad. <laughs> just when he first showed up, I was like, "Wait a minute, is that a fake?" <laughs> yes, that's fake. <laughs> that's funny. And I just remembered in in the in the. Uh, Atragon, he had a fake beard in that movie. Yes. Uh anyway, they they meet they meet this guy Obata who just acts like, "Hey, I heard you're going to uh, Selgo Island. I'm going there too. Here's my card." And he's clearly up to something. He's clearly a scuzzball that's up to something. <laughs> But he, I, I don't remember what bullshit story he gives them, but it's all a lie. It turns mm -hmm. out he knows exactly who they are, and he's planning to steal their plans for yeah. the resort. I'm like, yep. and do what with them? If Make they, his own resort. I, I'm, I'm saying I don't know what I don't know what the legality of this whole thing is. Who they have to get permission from to build this resort? What? governmental authority this island is under but presumably they would have to make some agreement with somebody to build this and just because you steal the plans doesn't mean then you get to build the resort there unless well, maybe because it's like build it the natives like wouldn't it be the natives if it's like they're they live there it's their island it, it should they have be to yes it, it should be yes but mm -hmm. i have no i you know but. I don't know. I don't know if they're somehow under the protection of the Japanese government or if they just have their own thing going. Who knows? They don't think these hmm. things out. Maybe he had uh, maybe he had another island picked out or his company did, but they just didn't want to bother hiring an architect. I don't know why he thinks stealing these plans is a good idea. But that's what we find out. That's what he's up to. God damn this movie. Uh, let me get back. To, let me see what Wikipedia says is going on. A photographer named Kudo and his entourage, his entourage, land on Selgo Island for a photo shoot, but their camp is attacked by Gezora. Because of its mutation, the creature can create extremely cold temperatures with its body. When the survivors discover that Gezora is vulnerable to high temperature, Kudo and his friends use a leftover Japanese World War II munitions bunker 
to set fire to the monster. Yeah, these guys just, these fuckers just <laughs> left all their shit behind. Severely burned, burned, the creature retreats into the water where it dies. Or so it seems. So it seems. <laughs> yeah, after the, and I have no idea. Maybe this is, maybe this happened. Maybe as they were retreating during the war, they just left munitions bunkers behind on little islands everywhere and never went back to clean them up. I don't know. Or the U.S. military never went back to clean them up. It's possible. Yeah. But it's just amazing that these natives didn't blow themselves up before. (laughs) I guess they knew. I guess they knew. They're like, oh, there's bad shit in there. Leave it alone. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Mm-hmm. Later, the space amoeba possesses a stone crab, mutating it into Ganymedes, and attacks the surrounding islands. Luckily, the humans manage to lure Ganymedes into a pit and destroy it with explosives. The amoeba survives a second time and flees into the surrounding jungle, plotting its revenge. I will say that this crab looks way better than the first monster, I felt like. I feel like the first Uh monster um, kind of was the worst out of everyone. I'm glad we started with that one because it just looked the worst (laughs) as far as, like, movement and stuff. He's he's terrible, but I also love him because he's just so ridiculous. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, same. I loved it. He's walking upright. He's walking upright on his tentacles. Mm-hmm. And his big cuttlefish head is just somehow being supported by the tentacles. <laughs> and he looks totally ridiculous, but he kind of, yeah. in a way, gave me a lot of joy because he was just so, because he was funny. Same. <laughs> he was not meant to be, not meant to be, but he was. He was hilarious. He was. He was hilarious. But the crab does look way better, like, at, like, he looks like, you know, big monster scary i thought it looked great and his little eye movements were really cool i thought it was really good like the the costuming or whatever of this monster uh the space amoeba decides to control two earth creatures this time another ganymedes and a mata mata named Camobi, Camobus, Camobus. I meant to look up what is a mata mata. Mata mata. Mata mata. Uh, oh, it's a kind of turtle. Did he look like a turtle? Yeah, kind of. I don't know. It's been yeah, like totally. A since I watched this thing. Yeah, there's. It definitely looks like a turtle. It's a, a freshwater turtle species found in South America. I don't know why Wikipedia thinks it's specifically a mata mata, but it's some kind of turtle thing, yeah. Mm-hmm. Not quite gamma level, but... No, but very similar, like, he literally looked like the shell was very similar. Mm-hmm. The two monsters raid the human camp. Luckily, Kudo realizes the two monsters' weakness, supersonic waves. Okay, they're leaving out an important plot point here. (laughs) The space amoeba also possesses Obata. (laughs) Which when he does, and like he's giving Obata the speech about like, now I will, you will are under my control and blah, blah, blah. I was just like, Oh shit. Is this what happened in the crab's brain? Like, is this what happened in the, (laughs) like, (laughs) he just like this, like glittery spirit, like comes in and he's like, okay. And now you will listen to every word I say. It was so funny. I was laughing my ass off. I was laughing so hard. Ah, so, so funny. So Obata, once you know, once they get attacked by the kaiju and stuff, um, they, you know, it comes out what Obata's really up to. But they all decide, well, look, we got to work together right now to survive this kaiju shit. Because the boats, mm-hmm. they're kind of stranded there. They got off the boat and the boat left. And they're going to be, they're, they're stuck there for a while. And so they got to work together. But uh, Obata goes off by himself at some point and he gets taken over by the space amoeba. He's wearing <laughs> a fancy white suit through most of them, through all of the movie, really, I think. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, just just thought I'd mention that. He he just reminds me of a certain sort of character from classic old movies in the white linen suit. Mm-hmm. I mean, classically a white dude in some place, not a Japanese dude, but you know, an an exploiter in a colonizer someplace where he really has no business being living there, you know, in exile in in uh, <laughs> Egypt or South America or someplace because he's a shady fucker who can't go back to where he's from. That's what his white suit reminded me of. Damn it. <laughs> so uh, anyway, he, he gets possessed by the space amoeba. So, I mean, in this way, it does sort of act like amoeba in that it can sort of break off and into other little bits of itself, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And, uh, so it's taken over three things at once at this point. And its goal is eventually to take over the whole planet. So, uh, I guess, does he say, I guess if he gets off this Island, he's going to, he wants to destroy all the humans or he wants to infect all the humans. I can't remember what his exact plan is because it's a nonsense plan. <laughs> I don't remember if he wanted to wipe out all the humans and then just live there as a space amoeba or if he wants to inhabit all the humans or what his fucking plan was. But yeah, I think he know, wants to wipe involves, them out. Yeah, it involves tearing shit up. So, uh, they figure out because they figure out that his weakness is supersonic waves, high pitched, like, uh, what bats use for echolocation. Cause there, there's bats early on the, um, squid version bats are for some reason flocking around him and it seems to bother him and just a couple other things get, clue them in that uh, bats are the key. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's so funny when they start like doing the sound themselves and they're like, Oh, Oh yeah. That made us. That was horrible. (laughs) So to test their theory that, that supersonic waves is the monster's weakness. (laughs) They grab a big fat, you know, like world war two era walkie talkie. (laughs) Mm-hmm. You know, one of those things is like a foot long, big square. Yeah. And just start making noise into it. And I'm like, wait a minute. What is how is <laughs> like this? their own version of bat noises like they're trying right. to. <laughs> but it, they're not doing it into a megaphone that's projecting <laughs> the waves. They're doing it into a walkie talkie. And I'm like, how is this supposed to work? The monster doesn't have the other walkie talkie. It's not. How is this transmitting in a way that is affecting the monster? This makes no goddamn sense. Yeah, and how are you doing it with your human mouth? Like, you're telling me you can just go, oh, whoa, whoa, and yeah. that works? <laughs> yeah, this is this is why I think this movie is particularly bad. This, this kind of nonsense. <laughs> but that's how oh, they test their man. theory and decide, oh, yes, we're, that's correct. That is what's doing it. Uh, so let's see. By releasing a st- storm of bats, I think they mean swarm of bats, the amoeba <laughs> loses control of its creations, Ganymedes and Comebus. No longer under control, they go berserk and begin to battle one another. Yeah. Humans using more explosives caused the volcano to erupt. I didn't get that they caused it to erupt. I thought it was just coincidentally erupting. There was a lot of, like, coincidentals, like, heavy coincidentals in this one. Like, oh, we need this, and then boom, it'd (laughs) show up. (laughs) Yep. Uh, Engulfing the space amoeba and the two monsters. Then, of course, uh, this is one of the worst. uh, Fuck you, Wikipedia. Uh, No. (laughs) Because they totally left out Obata (laughs) and his great sacrifice. Oh, Obata. Dude, can we just talk about Kenji in this, like, when he's possessed and how freaking good Uh his acting is? In this, like, because he can just, like, act with his, like, face for a moment. And he's, like, doing, like, these uh-huh. weird eye things and, like, all of this weird face shit. I was like, oh, my gosh, Kenji coming in, <laughs> just, like, showing us why he's, like, the shit. I loved it. Right. I thought he did so good in this movie. Right. So, yes, I agree. And 
So Obata, you know, they've they've of course figure out that well, I guess he comes out and tells them at some point that I have taken over Obata. He is not here anymore. And um they decide the lady, what's her name? Saki? Is she Saki? Sugawa? And I think it's Yukiko Kobayashi plays Saki. Is what oh, okay maybe maybe saying. that's what it is so i think it's just saki okay i'm not sure <laughs> <laughs> anyway she's like i know about is still in there and she you know she gives him the speech of you you know you you can do it resist it you and, and, it, and it works he is he is able to resist the possession the monster's influence on him He's able to push back and in the end throws himself into the volcano in order to take out the space amoeba so that it won't take over the world. It's so uh, sweet. It's so sad. She did a really good job, too. And you can, like, see the tears in her eyes. Oh, my goodness. It was such a sweet scene. Yeah. So... You know, it's that thing where, oh, he's sort of a bad guy, but it's not his fault he's possessed. And in the end, he becomes the hero saving the entire planet. No, it's so but good. I, <laughs> and, the way, and she says the way she says thank you. Yeah. But there was one point where they were like, oh, my God, this the, there's no way we can stop. You know, they're, they're just um, in real despair about what they're going to do, how the Earth is in danger from this thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but is it? Because you guys have been doing a pretty good job of fighting back with just like the four or five of you and some natives and this, <laughs> some munitions, some torches, some munitions you found, some gasoline, you dug a pit. I'm like, you've been fighting this thing pretty good. Just the bunch of you. Yeah. If, the large, if the larger world becomes aware of it and you're able to actually put some military might against it, I, I think you might have this covered. I don't think it's really as big of a problem as you think it is. That's uh, hilarious. Uh, it does appear that the original intention when this script was first written back in 1966, that it was a much more ambitious script that did feature a worldwide threat. But by the time they <laughs> got around to filming it, three years later, they uh, decided to cut back a little and confine things to this one little island because, you know, budgets. Dang. <laughs> well, uh, I don't think it would have made a... the movie any different if it would have been like a worldwide threat compared to the tiny island. It, I think the movie would have honestly been the same. Still been stupid nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, E.G. Tsuburaya, who we've talked about before, the big effects guy who, you know, is responsible for Ultraman and has worked on most of these movies, mm-hmm. was supposed to be the effects director on this. However, he passed away just two days after the start of filming. Oh, no. And is only credited in early promotional materials for the film, according to Wikipedia. Toho rejected a proposal by some staff members to dedicate the film to Ijisubaraya. Oh, I wonder Arakawa, why. Who, I don't know. Arakawa, who's the guy that took over and his former pupil, mm-hmm. was especially angered, refusing to talk about the film later in his life. So I don't know why Tohu were dicks about that. What you know, you put up a credit, you put up a title card that says "dedicated to the memory of Tsuburaya." What is that going to cost you? What? Why not do that? I have no idea why they would refuse to do that. Mm, I don't either. I mean, these days, maybe the guy was like, maybe before he died, he was like, "Fuck you and your studio," (laughs) and then he died, and then no one else knew that, and they were like. Uh, we're not dedicating that movie to him. He told us to go fuck ourselves. Uh, Who knows? It could have been like anything. An unlikely scenario. I, I mean, it could have been know. anything. I don't... Yeah, but um, 
it just seems like, uh, you know, studio heads just being needless dicks. Because uh, these days you see that all the time on movies. Mm-hmm. They're frequently dedicated to the memory of, of somebody. Sometimes it's a big star and sometimes it's just somebody on the production team that we don't know, but they all know mm-hmm. that person. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, well, damn. So that, ladies and gentlemen, is Space Omeba. Glitter space spirit possession. <laughs> space glitter cloud. <laughs> space glitter cloud possession. <laughs> Honeybee, <laughs> what do you rate Space Omeba? Man, I feel like I really liked it a lot more than you did. Um, I had so much fun watching this movie. I really loved um, just how kind of wacky the the first monster was. And just like all the monsters in general, I really loved. I loved the monster fights, which I was kind of confused about. Like, why were the monsters fighting each other if they were each other? But um, it was really good. And I loved Kenji Sahara in this movie, of course. Thought he did great. I thought that uh, Saki did really good as well. Is that her name? Saku? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Saki. So I think she did really good, too. I like she... I felt like her, her parts when she was... Even though people didn't really take anyone seriously women seriously in this movie i felt like her acting was very genuine and i loved her parts as well so i really enjoyed it and i think i'm gonna say like maybe a 3.5 maybe even a four wow. yeah i had a, uh, i mean there was I've... definitely nonsense it was bullshit but i totally yeah. was entertained and enjoyed it and i and i wasn't that sad that there was a ponchi wasn't a ponchito character because of how fun and wacky everything else was that was going on yeah. so yeah i'd say like a 3.5 maybe even a 4 uh, i'm a little torn i feel like i want to give it a 2 <laughs> because so much of it is just so stupid and because of these exploiters although they end up failing in their <laughs> You know, they end up not exploiting the island, although we don't know that they're not going to come back and build that fucking resort anyway. <laughs> um, just the fact that they there's no... The movie itself seems to be perfectly fine with the idea of building this resort on the island. There's mm-hmm. no, like, lesson learned or anything, you know. Like in some of the other ones, where there's clearly... You know, the guy that wants to exploit Mothra ends up paying for trying to exploit Mothra. Um, I guess you could argue that Kenji Sahara sort of paid, but no, I don't think that's the lesson they're trying to teach. Uh, but yeah. it, it, it was sort of, yeah, it, there's parts of it that were fun, but not, it was certainly not the movie's intention. Mm-hmm. It was unintentional. It was unintentionally comic. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. If you know, if we use Roger Ebert's criteria of did the movie succeed at what it was trying to do, I'm not sure that it did succeed at what it was trying to do. That's... If it was trying to be, if it was trying to be scary, it failed. <laughs> uh, I did enjoy Kenji Sahara. Yeah, um, totally. I'm gonna stick with a two. I'm gonna I'm gonna okay. give it a two. This was Sweet. not at all my. <laughs> uh, so there you go, folks. That's Space Amoeba. There you go, folks. I do, <laughs> I do not recommend you go to the effort of trying to find it. Uh, I kind of do. I So if you've <laughs> seen it before and you've already seen this movie and you're just like, please tell us, do you love this movie? Do you hate this movie? Did you think it was just like nonsense? Was it fun? Let us know, because I kind of feel like you should watch it, because even though it is nonsense, it's really fun. There's so much. And even if, even though that's maybe not what the movie's going for, I still really, really enjoyed it. It was super entertaining. And uh, yeah, I, I say watch it. And if you've already watched it, please let us know. Do you love this movie or do you hate this movie? 
yes, okay. please contact us. If you go to mmftg.bio.link, you can find links to all the ways to contact us and all the places we are. Send us a message. Send us an email. Tell us what you thought of Space Amoeba, <laughs> also known as Yog, the monster from space. Folks, I swear we are opening our Patreon soon. We're finally going to do it as soon as we get one patron. <laughs> we will start releasing monthly patron-exclusive episodes. And we will probably also give you early access to these episodes. They might be a little more raw and unedited. <laughs> But they will definitely be commercial free. So we will, when it's live, we'll post the link in our show notes and, we'll, and it'll also be up at that uh, mmftg.bio.link. We are going to be putting out an episode about Flash Gordon. You may recall us talking about, the, our idea was to go through the lyrics to science fiction double feature from the Rocky Horror Picture Show and talk about all the movies that are mentioned in that song. Our first movie was going to be The Day the Earth Stood Still, but we ended up having to release that as a regular episode for reasons. We'll still put that up on the Patreon. The next movie in the lyrics is Flash Gordon, so we'll be talking about all versions of Flash Gordon in that special episode very very soon next week's episode is Gamera versus Zegra which you can find on Amazon Prime and I think it might also be on Tubi or Pluto uh, poke around see where you can find it until next time I have been Precious D and I have been Honey Bee remember to keep calm and seek shelter in basements and please don't misuse science we will not see you, but you will hear us next time on Monster Movie Fun Time Go. Yay! You've been listening to Monster Movie Fun Time Go. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review us on your podcasting platform of choice. Our theme song is by the Texacano Folk Rock Punk featuring Lita Lopez. You can support the show, find links to our social media, and even leave us a voice message at anchor.fm slash mmftg.